Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I am a licensed psychologist here in Georgia and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver. It's a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. So welcome everyone to this second Wednesday in January this month, episodes of Tea Time with Dr. Tarver are focusing on goals and the things that cause us not to be able to reach those goals. So we are doing our very best this month to give you all some strategies that you can find helpful so that you don't end up being in that 80% of people who by February have stopped the making movement on goals that you set in January. So I've been home on quarantine Good old-fashioned COVID uh, rears its ugly head in my household, but I'm good. Thank you for asking. Um, So I have been catching up on shows that you all likely already have watched that I'm behind on. And so I was watching Colin Kaepernick's show, uh, Colin in Black and White, his little mini-series. And I was really struck. So he, I I don't know how much you all know about... um, Colin Kaepernick, but uh, he was adopted. He's multiracial. He was adopted into a white family. And so, um, and he's had some other setbacks in his life in just terms of wanting things and he didn't get some things that he wanted. Uh, And so he makes this statement that struck me. It actually just, you all know how I like to get a good word from uh, anywhere actually, but especially a good series. Um, So he said, Uh, Even when I started out in this life, I've never been anyone's first choice. And so that thing resonated in my spirit, y'all. And so that led me to the topic for today, because you all know that worth is one of those areas. That's my my focus. Um, That's that's my passion is talking to people about issues of worth. And so, of course, that relates to issues of worth. So that leads us to our topic today. I've never been anyone's first choice. The effect of worth on goals. So um, let's talk about failure and fear. Uh, If you've ever had a goal, then you likely have also not met a goal in your lifetime. Uh, And one of the things that happens when we don't reach our goals, because you can't have success without failure. uh, One of the things that happens when we don't reach our goals is we begin to internalize the reasons why we didn't reach that goal. And so sometimes what we internalize are negative things because we're fearful of failing again. So if I think I'm a failure, I start to internalize not that I had a failure, but that I am a failure. It makes me very fearful of wanting to try to pursue something again, because what am I going to think? I'm going to think, well, the next time I try this, I'm going to be in the same situation and this isn't going to work out for me. So, so why would I try? Right? Because one of the things that we don't like to do is we don't like to fail. And so that fear creeps in and then it ends up generalizing to other areas of our lives. And so not only am I fearful in this goal, but I become fearful in other things. And this leads to the complacency that we've talked about before. And then on the other side of that is if what if I do succeed, am I going to be able to keep it up? So then there's that fear of success. If I if I make it, can I stay on top? Am I going to be able to maintain this? Do I have what it takes to be somebody that can stick with this and allow it to continue to grow? Or are people going to 
going to try and come and sabotage it? Are people going to try to tear down and destroy? So I'm going to be looking around, waiting on, on, on the next failure. Because oftentimes what fear does is it makes us think you're not going to have a joy without some kind of disappointment, some kind of sadness, some kind of hurt, some kind of pain. And so I'm just waiting for that proverbial shoe to drop, right? So this, this moment of, of having plenty is going to be followed by a moment where I lack. So we're fearful of, of being successful as well. Um, that energy of constantly going back and forth with this fear of succeeding, fear of failure, um, fear of never being enough, fear that other people are better than me. That's because we get into the comparison behavior because that's what fear will also do. Fear will have you looking at other people thinking that they have something that you don't have. And so what this does is it feeds into our worth. It feeds into these comparison behaviors. It feeds into expectations. And of course, what fear does is fear grows fear because fear is very paralyzing. And so I'm not going to move because I'm going to be stuck. So let's move into the psychology of failure. So what happens then when I do have a failure, when I do get fearful? And so now I'm, I might be kind of paralyzed. I may be a little hesitant, if you will, to be able to move forward. So what chronically failing does, so if I've uh, let's say I did try again, but it also didn't work out that time. And this could be with anything, you all. This could be with relationships. This can be with job opportunities. This could be with business ventures. This could be financial um, goals that you're trying to reach. This could be weight loss goals. This could be you trying to make some healthy changes in terms of relationships with other people in your life. Just trying to be more assertive, trying not to be a doormat, whatever it may be. But I keep trying and I keep failing. And so what ends up happening is as I continue to keep failing at something or my perception that I'm failing because I'm not accomplished this goal that I've set out, then it does breed anxiety and it breeds depression. And so what depression does and what anxiety does is it keeps us kind of in this this fear cycle, right? So depression brings the stinking thinking. That's what I like to call it, the cognitive distortions, the way we internalize criticism about ourselves, those negative messages messages that you ever received from a teacher or somebody that was really just jealous of you, but they made it seem like you were inadequate in some way that you did not measure up in some way. That letter of rejection you got from that school that you wanted, that rejection note uh, when you say, do you like me? Yes or no. And then somebody puts no, nothing crushes you like somebody telling you they don't like you when you have borne your soul and took a risk and told them you like them or at least had one of your friends to do it. Right. So all of these things that we have internalized now as this is who I am, because it gets to be that it's not that I had a failure. Now it is that I am a failure. And so underneath all that sticking, stinking thinking is that I no longer feel like I'm worthy. I no longer feel that I'm valuable. I don't feel that I'm capable Colin Kaepernick talks about growing up in an environment, especially in the sports world, that was predominantly white. And as you all know, if you follow um, football and quarterbacks in particular, uh, there is a very small percentage of people of, of that are biracial or, 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 or who are African-American who get to be quarterbacks. That even though there are so many people um, in terms of diversity in the field of football overall, you don't see the diversity in coaches and you don't see the diversity in certain positions and quarterback 
is one of them. So Colin talks about all of these different times where he was rejected, essentially, where even though he was the best, he received messages that he was not good enough. Uh, He was the best in tryouts as a freshman for varsity, but he didn't make that varsity cut as a quarterback because they had a quarterback who fit more of that image and that quarterback for them was white. He was treated differently when they would go to hotels for sporting events. People would often look at him as if he didn't belong. They would stare at him. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've been in a store and somebody, you could tell they were looking at you because they thought something negative about you or you've had a teacher perceive you in a negative way. And once people perceive you in a negative way, it is often that they will dismiss any other information about you. Why are you here? You don't belong. So he began to internalize, question his own worth and ability. There were uh, negative messages given to him about his hair. There were negative uh, information given to him about his height. There was negative information given to him when he drove a car. He was pulled over simply because of his ethnicity. And the police officer was very uncomfortable when he simply reached for his learner's permit and wondered who are these people with you in the car because they don't look like you. Growing up in a family with people who are biologically related that don't look like me. And then what does that say about me when people are constantly asking the question of how did you get here? So what happens is it begins to tear us down. It begins to tear our spirits down. And again, what this does, because underneath this is this fear, this fear of failing, this fear of not measuring up, this fear of not being adequate, this fear of people questioning why I'm here then it affects my own expectations of myself. And so now I expect less of myself. I again begin to internalize this negative information about who I am and who I can be. Now, what's interesting is it does not affect what I believe other people can be because I still have expectations that other people are talented And they're going to do well and they can be successful in their endeavors. I may even be able to cheer other people on and may be someone else's biggest cheerleader. But I'm my worst critic. So I don't get a chance to ever look at myself in any other eyes other than these negative eyes about who I am and my self-worth. Right. And this this internalizing of this failure, because, again, now I see myself as a failure. I don't think that goals are impossible. I just think they're impossible for me. And when you know what happens when you when you don't think something is possible is I don't try. I remember in school when you knew you had an assignment that wasn't going to be graded. <laughs> How much effort did you really put into that assignment? Oh, this is just extra credit or this is just something we're going to do for practice. I won't be taking it up. I won't be grading it. Half of us didn't even do that. And if we did do it, we gave it a half aspiration effort right so we didn't put a lot of work into anything that we felt like wasn't going to materialize to anything of value to us and so if I can't see it then I'm not going to behave it right if I don't believe it I won't behave it if I don't think it's possible if I don't see how I'm going to get there then am I really going to invest in figuring out the journey the road no I'm going to stop I'm going to go in a different direction I'm, I'm going to allow that to fall into the sea of forgetfulness because it's not something that I really feel like could happen for me. And then all of us have areas where we feel insecure and we feel inadequate, but all of them aren't paralyzing. They only become paralyzing when they begin to affect how I see myself, my worth, my value, my abilities, because what failure does is it makes you feel like things are unattainable. 
It distorts your perception of your actual abilities. It does not allow you to believe that you have the power and the capacity because you feel helpless. It also leads to unconscious self-sabotage. So I begin to tear my own things down, my own endeavors, sabotage my own progress. I'm not making movements because of me, not because of someone else. And we begin to then pass it on to people that we love and care about. We pass it on to our children. We pass it on to our friends. We pass it on to our church members. We pass it on to our coworkers. This negative thinking there were, and this is why accountability is so important. There were people in Colin's life who told him, stop whining. Uh, His friends were like, hey, man, (laughs) I need you to stop having a pity party over here. Be different. Do different. You are, if this is what you want, if you want to be a quarterback, if that's, uh, I, you know, I love a, a good musicale. Um, back in the early days, uh, musicales would be things like Sister Act. Um, and in Sister Act 2, then Lauren Hill is told by Whoopi Goldberg, if a singer is what you think about when you wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night on your mind all day, then girl, you're meant to be a singer. You're a singer. He wanted to be a quarterback and his friends were like, hey, if that's who you are, <laughs> if that's how you see yourself, then you don't let anybody deter you from that. You figure out how to get there. So you may have to take a different route, but that doesn't mean that it's not meant for you to be. So how is that going to translate over? Bring it to them, Tarver. Well, that translates over into just because you didn't reach that goal the first time doesn't mean that you won't ever reach that goal. Just because you weren't chosen that first time or by this person or by this job or by this school or or by this leadership academy doesn't mean that you won't ever be chosen. But it does mean that I need to reassess and I need to maybe change my strategy, right? So one of the things that, that Colin did, Kaepernick did, is he went to all these different training camps because he recognized I always have something to learn. Don't ever get to a place in your life where you think you can't keep learning, that you have no way to grow, because that is a way that we self-sabotage. That is a way that we don't reach our goals. That is because we have stopped believing in ourselves that we have more that we can learn and more we can offer and more ways that we can grow. If I get to a point where I think I've learned everything, I become stagnant. So I'm not going to keep growing. And that fear I had of it falling apart and me not being able to maintain it is going to be manifest because I've stopped investing in myself. So what would a training camp look like for us? Right. So first of all, we have to free our mind. That's thinking, thinking those negative distortions, the ways that we perceive ourselves that tear ourselves down. I need to alter that which means that I need to nurture my intellectual wellness. You all know I'm going to bring it back to those wellness areas. It's all about the wellness, right? Intellectual wellness is the way that I stimulate my brain. And how I do that is I read. I surround myself with people who are well-versed in this area in which I'm trying to grow. I'm looking at podcasts. I'm listening to webinars. I'm showing up for any kind of things that will give me clarity of mind that will help me improve my judgment, that will change my perspective, that will allow me to learn new strategies. That's my training, right? Because you have to invest in your craft. One of the things that they recommend when you're trying to write a book, for example, I'm talking to myself, is that you read five books, at least five books, in the genre in which you want to write. Because how do I know 
where my story is going to fit if I haven't looked at anyone else's story, right? And that's why reading is so important because you need to see words. You need to connect with words. You need to be able to understand where you're trying to go and how to get there. And there's already people that have done that. So let me utilize the knowledge that's out there that is available to me. You also need to nurture your spirit. All of us have a spiritual connection, mind, body, and spirit, all related. So you do have to do things that are going to allow you to be able to connect. Connect with with God, with Jehovah, with Jesus, um, with the earth, um, with with the, the ancestors, whatever it is that is your spiritual anchor, that gives you balance, that allows you to be able to restore, that allows you to be able to heal, that allows you to be able to meditate, pray. It could be Proverbs. It could be um, scripture. It could be journal prompts. But whatever allows you to be able to connect with the spirit inside of you. Because all of us has one. And we have to nurture it. Heal your body. A lot of times I can't mentally do things or spiritually do things because I'm tired physically. So it is important that I rest and that I sleep and that I'm putting things into my body that are healthy because those are the things when I'm under stress, when I'm under duress, when I have to deal with difficult challenges that are going to allow me to have the fuel I need. I tell you all that you cannot drive a car that has no gas. Now, I know you all are being funny and saying, well, what if it's an electric car? Well, we're talking about the ones that are gas powered. So if gasoline is what fuels it, then if I'm on E, things start shutting down. The air will start shutting down. Things will try to conserve the energy because I don't know I don't have enough gas to make it. Then I'm going to eventually sputter and I'm going to stop going. So that means that I don't want to sputter. I have to be putting things into myself that are going to allow myself to be able to take care of itself in the way that it needs. And that's why that self-care is so important. What am I doing to refuel myself? I'm on a journey. I'm on a journey to walk in my purpose. I'm on a journey to reach this goal. If I'm not taking care of myself, if I'm not going to those doctor's appointments, preventative care, right? Because we want to be preventative when we can be. So I don't have to put an intervention in place. So if I'm going to to the dentist, if I'm going to the annual checkup, if I'm going to make sure that my blood pressure is not elevated, if I'm going to take care of things when they show up, uh, come here COVID tests, then that will allow me to be able to do what I need to do to take care of me. Consult with an expert. Guess what, friend? There is somebody who has been on this journey before you. So you don't have to always start completely from scratch. Now, you're going to have your spin on it. It may look a little different for you. You're going to put, as the young folks say, you're seasoning on it. But there is someone who has walked in that path. There is someone who has failed. The most successful people have often almost uh, often been the people who have failed the most as well. So there are people who have walked ahead of you. So you don't have to do this all on your own. Find someone who can be a mentor to you, who can be a coach to you, who can be a trainer to you, who can be a guide to you, who can be an accountability person for you. They may be people that put you in seminars or academies. They may have you train underneath them as you're learning and growing. You may get with a financial planner. You may get with an attorney because there are things that you need to know about this next leg of your journey so that you don't continue to make the same mistakes. Some of the reasons why businesses failed in their first year is because they didn't plan financially to be able to sustain the time of growth. 
So when you're thinking about how am I going to fund this business so that in that first year when I'm not making money and I may, uh, this thing may catch on in that first year, but that's not true for most businesses. So that means I need to have already money on deck to cover me in those years as I'm growing. Right. So that means I need to be talking to all of the people who can help me not make the same pitfalls that have allowed other people to fail in their endeavors. What were my weaknesses? What were my strengths? Right. That analysis part. And a lot of times we don't analyze because we feel so embarrassed and ashamed that I didn't accomplish this thing. And I'm comparing myself to other people and they started their business around the same time. They started their weight loss journey around the same time. They started dating around the same time and they've moved forward and I'm still in the same place um, in their educational goals and whatever it was. And so my shame has paralyzed me because again, it's that fear, right? And the self-worth issues that I've internalized. So now I don't even want to let anybody know what happened. So I'm over here suffering silently. And it's really important that when we analyze our strengths and weaknesses, we also tell our story, right? You don't have to be ashamed of failing ever, because I guarantee you won't be the first or the last. Everybody's got to fail your story. And so you will find in releasing that fear that you will actually have support and your story may be able to inspire someone else or may allow you to be connected with some people like, oh, you know what? I know somebody that may be able to help and support you. You would have never known that was my struggle if I hadn't told you that it was. So these are ways that you actually allow yourself to be freed up because, again, you can be a prisoner of your own mind when you're constantly thinking over and over again about how you didn't measure up. So it's important that we learn how to cope with that internalized guilt and shame and embarrassment. Set it free. It has less power over you if you speak to it. Hey, yep, that thing was embarrassing. I ain't even want to tell y'all about it. And people will be like, hey, we love you. <laughs> this is your safe space. So come on over here and let us put you back together. And we're going to try this thing again. Let's talk about how we can make it better this time. There is always going to be strength in your struggle. And there's a lot of cognitive work that needs to happen when we fail at something. Because again, that fear is going to tell you, suffer in silence, hide, don't let anybody know, keep this close to the vest. I don't want anybody to really know the real me and what's going on with me and that I was having struggles when they seemed like they didn't have any. And that might not have been their struggle, but I guarantee you they had one. So it's really important that we look for the lessons. What am I needing to take away from this and learn from this? Recognize that failure is going to be a part of your journey. Accept that you are going to fail. That doesn't mean that you are a failure, but it does mean that everything you try may not work and that's okay. I may have to go back to the table, put some other ideas out there, get some other support pieces in place that I didn't realize that I needed. And sometimes we don't know what we need until we're in something. And then it's like, oh, okay, well, I'll know that for next time. Prioritize what's important and manage your time. Again, as we talked about last week, if I'm not giving time to a goal, if I'm not prioritizing it and being intentional about it, then it's not going to have what it needs to be successful. And that's going to be part of my self-sabotage. So in order for me to get out of this fear of failure cycle or fear of succeeding cycle, then I need to be intentional and prioritize and manage, manage my time. Be true to your values. So don't lose sight of who you are. People will try to, and this goes to the expectation piece, people will try to place expectations on you. Well, no, why don't you do it this way? 
um, you know, I was just talking to one of my clients earlier and, and her, her daughter is highly intelligent, but she's intelligent in a lot of different areas. So she wants to be a model and a doctor and, um, she wants to, to help people and all of these things. And, and so, yes, you can do all of those things because that's your value. That's your purpose. That's your mean. That's who you want to show up to be things that people may not see. Well, how is that going to work? Colin Kaepernick, you're a better baseball player. Why are you trying to play football? These people have offered you, all these schools have offered you baseball scholars. This, this young kid got all kinds of negative feedback about himself because he did not take a baseball scholarship. Because his value, his identity, his purpose was, I am a quarterback. And he never stopped believing in that. So I don't want you to stop believing in it just because it looks different than what somebody may think they want you to do. It's not about what someone else wants you to do. Now, that doesn't mean we can't accept good feedback because sometimes it's important. We need to streamline, fine tune things. We've talked about sometimes we can be a little bit too lofty and unrealistic in our goals. So we may need someone to help fine tune that. But you always keep that sense of who you are. You may have to do some things to get there. But ultimately, you want to keep that integrity, that value, that purpose intact. Which means you need to recognize where your help comes from. That support system is very important. God, church, family, friends. And these are people you choose. These are not people that just come into your life. Because oftentimes what ends up happening is we just allow people to be in our space because they drifted in there. (laughs) Relationships of convenience. This person showed up and now they want to just have a conversation and be a part of something. No, I need to be intentional again about who I'm choosing to be in this space, who I'm sharing this dream with, who's going to support me in that dream. Because everyone is not going to be able to play that role. And it's important for you to know who can play that role, who has the skills to play that role, and who has the temperament to play that role. Patience, persistence, accountability, stick with itness, consistency, right? Because these are characteristics that we also need to learn that's going to help us be able to reach this goal and get out of this fear cycle that we're in. So we need to make sure the people around us have those things as well, because I can't be pulling you along while I'm trying to find my way too. Sometimes we do have to redefine success because oftentimes we see success as the end goal instead of the steps along the way. Every step that you make, even though it may not seem like it's directly related to that goal, is success. You paying off that debt so you can get a business loan, that's success. You getting that business loan and making those payments every month on time, that's success. The months that you didn't go into the red in that business, that's success. That one uh. Uh, half a pound that you lost that's success that relationship that ended but you still got back out there and dated even though it was uncomfortable for you that's success so sometimes we just need to re-envision what success is for ourselves and change our uh, perception and our expectations because again if our expectations are too lofty because I think well I need to reach all 10 of these goals in 10 weeks that's not realistic for me I need to have realistic expectations about what's possible and particularly what's possible along this goal that I'm trying to create for myself. Because again, I'm trying to offset this fear that I have of not being enough because it didn't work out in the way that I wanted. And so I will have skewed expectations based on that fear. So I need to make sure that my expectations are rooted in healthy. Again, that goes back to the values and the purpose. I need to make sure that I'm staying on that path and I'm anchored in those things. You will grow and evolve over time if you allow yourself to. You'll be able to go back and re-strategize and do the work that you need to do 
if you don't let fear consume you. Fear, again, is very paralyzing. So it's important for you to recognize that just because it's a no doesn't mean it's not a go. A no just means I need to come back in a different way. Not that I just don't need to come back. Okay? You are worth it. You deserve it. Go get it. And be well.